Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 12th Fantasy Football Forecast Podcast. Today's date is May 29th, and your hosts today are Owen, Jason, and Patrick. As always, we are going to be going over the weekly NFL news, and then we will be spending the rest of the episode analyzing the biggest ADP reaches, which is the opposite of last week in which we analyzed the biggest ADP steals. Again, just as a reminder, ADP means average draft position, and Patrick, take it away with the wonderful NFL news this week. Wonderful. I like, the, right. I like how you spice up the adjectives each week. Um, you know, i got to keep everyone on their toes. Uh, it was a boring week. Not much. Um, more just kind of repetitive news that we just got updates on. First one on the list here, we have Julio Jones, who obviously had that uh, that interview with Shannon Sharp, which is probably illegal on air if Shannon Sharp didn't tell Julio he was on live TV. I know. That's probably lost. It's... I think it's probably planned. That was probably planned would be my idea. They're Otherwise, friends. it's very illegal. But... New, the newest news is Julio basically, it's, it, the teams he's going to is really down to the Patriots or the Titans. And I think, Jason, you were talking about the Titans are probably in the lead right now. Well, yeah, the Titans have the best offer just out of everyone. And seeing as they're one of the two teams, I believe the offer was at least a second-round pick and a defensive starter for the Falcons, which, I mean, that was more than I was expecting them to get. I was thinking second-round pick at best, so I would take that deal if I was them. Yeah. I think that makes the Titans a scary team. Yeah. I mean, that, that might actually hurt. We've been hyping up A.J. Brown. I don't know how much Julio well, takes away from him. But that, would, that would definitely be – the whole thing about A.J. Brown him. is he is going to be the sole target. And if Julio Jones comes, comes in, it's just A.J. Brown's ADP just drops. It's just a bummer. Drops. Yeah. I really love A.J. Brown, so <laughs> that's tough. He'll be solid. Not, not, not top five. No. no, or uh, or best in the league as Jason was pushing <laughs> for a couple weeks ago. I mean, as long as Julio Jones goes to the Patriots, situational, he would have been. Uh huh. Now, yeah, maybe not. Well, that's okay. And uh, we only got two points this week. Our, our second wow. point, very abysmal. So week. wonderful was not the right no, adjective. Least <laughs> okay. we've ever had. It's okay. Uh, Adam Vinatieri retiring, the goat, greatest kicker of all time. He's he's calling it a career. I mean. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been old for a while. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I don't know what the polite way to say it is. I How think old he's, is he? Uh, Do we know? Look yeah, look he's it up. Done. I'm very curious. I thought he retired last year when, you know, he wasn't playing for the entire season. Was he just a free agent all year? I no, guess. He was just kind of chilling. He was not on a team. Does he didn't even not? make, like, a practice squad. He wasn't on, like, the training camp or anything. He is 48. That is Old for, for his a nephew player. is, I think, either going. Yes, to, his yeah. nephew is a uh, or in college kicker. Yeah, really. I know his son's also a good college punter. They I go. heard about that in high school. So I mean, the the bloodline lives on. Basically, <laughs> is what I mean, that means. Except I don't know if either of them are on a team right now. No, I know his his son's definitely in high school, and his nephew, if he's yeah. in college, I mean, they're coming up. But I, I wasn't heard... sure if his nephew is like made it out of college yet or not. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they are going sad to be sad to see retire. But I mean, I think he's more of a historical piece. He didn't have much, you know, current legacy. Honestly, if he retired like before his last season, would have been a lot better. That last year, he was really struggling out there. Sad to see. Yeah, I I hope the recency bias doesn't get him. I think I think people will more remember the history instead of like the last years because he was just playing until as long as he could, could play. Oh, he'll they'll definitely remember the history of that. Well, I, I hope yeah. they don't. There's they some people will. that they play for so long it ruins people's perspective of them. But I don't think Vinatieri 
pulled that off. I think he's still going to be remembered in a good light. I mean, four-time Super Bowl champ, yeah. I think, as a kicker. <laughs> that does something all to time, your reputation. I think he's the all-time leading point scorer in yeah. NFL history. He's that too. He's most points out of anyone. So, I mean, can't argue with that. I got to say he's probably in a good spot. Yeah. <laughs> you think? That, Maybe. That's all for the, for the wonderful weekly news, Ellen, as you uh, gave that nice adjective. I'm very glad. Now move on it's to very the wonderful. biggest biggest ADP reaches. Mm-hmm. This is off based off of ESPN's uh, ADPs from mock drafts, I believe. Indeed, it is. Um, to get us started, not a reach, but an honorable mention. Honorable as... mention of a player we think is very overrated in our I, yes. on the hype train. He he is overrated as he's currently ranked the fourth player in the entire league for fantasy. And is going at 4.8. We have Saquon Barkley. Should not be going that high. He should not be a top five pick. He's not going to be an elite running back once again. I mean, ACL tear instantly. Not a first round pick for me, personally. I would never take him because there have only been three players to ever have an ACL tear. And then come back the next year and have a better season than when they last had. He had Adrian Peterson, MVP year. Okay. That's something. <laughs> something. Uh, Cooper Cup. MVP year. Who just produced at the same level. And then uh, I forget who the last player is, but it was even worse than Cooper Cup, who Cooper Cup only increased by 0.05%. So basically just did the same as the previous season. And then you have over 30 players who have an ACL tear and then do significantly worse. Three people who improve, only one of them by a significant amount, versus 30 people who all significantly decreased. Saquon Barkley, the offensive line, still terrible. I'm going to bet against him. I'll say it. Don't think he's going to be a top five pick. Don't think he's going to be a first round talent. If he's healthy, he'll be a good running back. But risk, reward, the reward's not as high as you'd think. The risk highest out of any first round too high right for now. first round pick you need your consistent yeah. you need a consistent performer it's he's, not even like a first round pick that's like a top five pick that's yeah it's, it's he, insane a top five pick so I, I know pick. i know but like a first round pick oh it could be like 12th but like that's you're like could be Clyde edwards a lair basically <laughs> he could be like a Clyde edwards at like 12th or but he's like going fourth round but yeah, fourth no, pick i mean that's saquon is definitely the riskiest player out of the first round and one i will not be taking at all. I, I think that's easily agreed upon. Yeah. Yeah. But um, now we move on to the players who are definitely reaches. Number one on the list would be coming in at pick number 21.7, Patrick Mahomes. A quarterback in the second round is a reach. Doesn't matter who it is. That's Doesn't matter. Much. Yeah. I don't care if he's quarterback one in for the entire fantasy season. I don't care if he gets... 500 points more than quarterback two, it's going to be a reach. Because at the end of the day, quarterbacks are a great commodity, but in fantasy, they are not something you take with your first, realistically, four or five picks. I would understand five if you're getting one of the top three guys, but besides that, I wouldn't even bother with round five. And Patrick Mahomes is going all the way in round two. It's like there there are still elite wide receiver ones available at that point and you're taking taking a quarterback it doesn't make sense at that point yeah i feel like the way the way it goes now is people always take qbs early so it's going to be hard to find a good q or uh, one of those top three top four qbs at round five 
And I think what happens is as soon as some people take QBs, everyone takes QB. There, there's a big, like, domino effect. There's, like, if, like, two, three people take a QB in, like, round three or four, it's just everyone's like, oh, it's time to go. Well, yeah, because people will panic. And then will, they go way panic. too early. Yeah, you and panic, panic on your QB, QB and you go way too early. And I think that's just a common error that a lot of people make. That's why you just got to have, you know, I won't take this guy until this round, and you stick with that no matter what. Yeah. Uh, you, you just... can't you can't be affected by what other people do. You got to be able to stick to your plan. I think yeah. I think QBs especially. I think QBs is probably the number one position for like the panic of like everyone else has their QB. But what you got to realize if everyone else has their QB, they're not going to draft another QB until they get their backup at the end. Yeah, so like no. realistically, you could wait as long as you want because no one else is taking Q- two QBs before you get your first. You know, like you can literally wait all day if everyone else has their QB. So it's like. The panic is actually just the opposite. If everyone else takes a QB, you should be waiting even longer because you have no competition to pick your QB one. Yeah, and if you're picking a QB second round, you are missing out, like Jason said, I think on you're, you're, a wide receiver yeah, one. You're hindering or your whole team. The rest of your team is getting yeah, hindered. The QBs, there's a lot of QBs that have the same potential. But for wide receivers especially and running backs, if once you get past the running back ones, wide receiver ones, you – you got a significant drop off in points. For QBs, it's more likely you can get an eighth round or a tenth round QB that can kind of sort of be competent for your team. Yeah, and also, you know, AJ Brown's ADP lower than Patrick Mahomes, or it's technically higher than Patrick Mahomes because he's going later. Just saying, before the Julio Jones news, AJ Brown could have been the best receiver in the league. You're kind of missing out on that one if you took Mahomes instead. But um, That would be quite the miss. Yeah, no. We move on now to our next player, who is a slight reach, not the worst reach, would be Najee Harris at 26, which Najee Harris in the third round, I don't like that personally. However, a third round running back would, for most people, be a running back too, so it's understandable. The downside is people who think Najee Harris is a locked-in top 15 player, or top 15 running back, because you're not getting that with him. I I think, obviously, offensive line, one of the worst run-blocking offensive lines, got even worse this offseason. That's a bad sign across the board. I know Najee Harris, receiving back, elusive back nonetheless, he can work with it, but he's not a safe player in the third round. There's a lot of risk that from the offensive line alone and also the fact that Big Ben is a struggling quarterback at this point. The offense may not always be on the field. Those are two negatives Najee Harris has no control over. And if the Steelers just fall flat, then all of a sudden the third round pick is starting to look more like a running back 20, which third round running back 20, not something you want to be going for. No, I, I mean... I think the issue with people here is the people are thinking like the Steelers and they're just like, if we draft a running back, it's instantly going to be like James Conner's peak season. Like he's going to hop in there. He's just going to be peak James Conner all over again, which is just irrational to think that way. I don't think that's how we should be thinking about this. I think we got to go with what Jason was saying. Uh, Weekend O-line, worse offense with Ben Roethlisberger aging. I mean, you run the ball when you're winning games. If Ben Roethlisberger is really, like, regressing this much, I don't know how much they're going to be winning in the late games. And that's not helping out Najee Harris anymore. Uh, I could see him as a running back, too, but he's not at the top end of the running back, two list. Like, you shouldn't be taking right, him. No, no. If you're taking him in the third round, that means he's one of the top running back twos available. 
I guess, because if you're assuming someone takes a wider, like not everyone's going two running backs in the first two rounds, wide receivers are going to be off the board. He shouldn't be at the top end of running back twos. That's why I think this is a little bit of a reach for him. Yeah. And for the Steelers, most people currently, they are going to be trending towards 500. So there are going to be games where Najee Harris is winning, and there are going to be plenty of games where the Steelers and Najee Harris are losing. So it's not going to be a consistent game. Meaning, it's also they're not going to have yeah. their almost undefeated season. Like they're not going to be winning yeah. every single game. You gotta. You're gonna have to watch out for the opponents, to, especially with them, because if they're going up against a tougher matchup, most likely going to be a loss for the Steelers this year. They're gonna be a give or take 500 team for the most part. But we'll move on to our next player. And really, the biggest player that I really yeah, wanted for have, this list. We have been talking about this guy for quite a bit. <laughs> All the way at 32.8 in the third round, for whatever reason, is Josh Jacobs, which I just find to be horrible that he's this high up. That's got to be named. Remember right? last year when right. Josh Jacobs was first round? Yeah, that was and nice. it was still a bad pick. Yeah, it, there's got to be something with his name value. Otherwise, it's I just irrational. I don't understand how he's still this high up. Like what he definitely proved it last year. Yeah, guys. you're talking about you're talking about isn't his yards per carry like horrible? Under four yards yeah. per carry, yeah, no, t- atrocious. Horrible yards per carry. Uh, we've already mentioned Kenyon Drake joining. Like mm. that doesn't help him at all. Yeah, no, it's a a lot of negatives happened this off season for Josh Jacobs, and his ADP fell because of it. You know, it fell two rounds. Wow, shocker. That's it. It should have been. It like, should have fell a yeah, lot more. A lot more, yeah. I, no. I think people are underestimating how much Kenny Drake's going to screw him over. I think the Raiders are just going to be a bad team all around. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's true. I think that they're, ju- they're just going to be bad. It doesn't matter like who who's playing, because they're just going to have a bad season. Like their defense is terrible, so they're going to be behind in games, and their offensive line is ruined, and they brought in Kenyon Drake. So no matter what you're looking at, you have. All negatives this offseason, and Josh Jacobs only fell two rounds. He is going to be a low-end running back to best-case scenario, and you're taking him in the third round when you could be getting wide receiver one potentially. It doesn't make sense. Just seems to be some uh, irrational Raiders fans out there. That must be it. <laughs> I mean, it's the only, there isn't, you're attacking the Raiders not, fans? Well, it's not That's the Raiders what they fans. Do. It's just yeah, well, okay, no, we're not, we don't have to trash him as a fan base, but it's just, in general, Josh Jacobs shouldn't be this high. I mean, this is just, I'm going with... Name value. Name value. Yeah. That's what I always preach, as the name value has got to affect something, and this would be a good case for it. He has the name of being, like, the up-and-coming star running back, but he hasn't proven himself. He just still has the name value somehow, and I don't know if he's necessarily earned it. Jason, I mean, on the top of your head, do you know how many carries he had last season? Over 200. It was, yeah, okay. It was a lot because they just kept getting I think the he ball. was over 252. I'm going to check because I'm he pretty was, sure he had the most carries out of anyone in the league. No, he didn't have the most carries. That was Derrick Henry. Okay. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Derrick Henry, I mean, yeah, he got 2,000 yards. It wasn't like he was an impressive running back with his 2,000 yards. So he was, he was give or take just over five yards a carry, which is 100% elite. But it's not like greatest running back in the league elite because Christian McCaffrey's better than him. But that's, you know, besides the point, because that's uh, not what we're talking yeah, about for this episode. That would spark some debate. There's no debate. The, what debate? Well, people are very passionate about their running back, best running back in the league debates. Nick Chubb's a better power back than Derrick Henry. 
But you know, that's a time. Jason's one of the passionate people about this. That's a, that's a. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You think Jason's the only person that cares about who's the best running back in the league? Um, yeah, he had one. 273 rushing attempts. Yeah, that is too much for Josh Jacobs. And now Kenyon Drake's here, so I would say he's gonna be under 200, meaning he'll definitely be under a thousand yards, and he won't be getting any receiving work. So it'll be lucky to be a running back too. Draft him as your running back three. Then you can feel like, all right, maybe if I have to play him, it'll be okay. Throw him in the flex. Even when he was a full-time starter, though, he was still inconsistent. He would go three touchdowns, 200 yards one game, 50 yards, zero touchdowns the next. So like, now Kenyon Drake's there. It's just one more reason to be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But now we move on to our fourth player on this list being currently drafted at 55.4, and it is Kyle Pitts. Mistake. Big mistake. Mistake. He's being taken above TJ Hawkinson, who's sixty six point one right now. That's that's all the comparison you need. Yeah, that that, that, that alone. is the comparison. This has got to be some type of hype around the rookie. Everyone thinks he's going to be the greatest. He's going to be the greatest person out of the draft, like greatest athlete, regardless of position, which he has the potential to be. He is the he is the potential to be like the number one athlete in the class, regardless of position. But I mean, Mistake. that's yeah, that's good. But that's not fancy. It doesn't make him just a great fancy tight end right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Hawkinson's already a proven tight end. He's gonna be an elite tight end this year, yeah. guaranteed. Hawkinson's guaranteed top five, and he's currently being drafted as a sixth tight end. Yeah, it does make sense. This is disrespect to Hawkinson and way too much overhype for Kyle Pitts. This is a combination oh, yeah. of both right here. He's like this is arguably the biggest reach out of anyone, mm-hmm. just because like. Mike Dicka is the only tight end to ever go for over a thousand yards as a rookie, and people are taking Kyle Pitts all the way in the fifth round right now. Yeah. Do we think in like twenty years Kyle Pitts is going to be starring in movies? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have the same career path? I don't know. He's maybe he can pull it off. Maybe, it does yeah. make sense. It's though. just it's way too <laughs> much yeah, of a risk. We, rookie tight ends never produce, right? Isn't that like the common thought? Yeah. I don't know why he's. It, I mean, he's seen as I. I did make this joke to Jason last time. Uh, He's different. He's not like other tight ends, but that doesn't mean he's gonna be great his rookie season. You gotta, you can't just expect like great production out of him in his rookie year. I know he's gonna be like even Julio Jones guaranteed out the door now, so it makes sense. Kyle Pitts goes up, but all the way to fifty five point four, way too high. Mm-hmm. No, he's not gonna be like he's not gonna be one of those top three tight ends right now. That you're like, oh man, this guy put him in every single week. You're good to go no matter what. That's not yeah. going to be Kyle Pitts. The Falcons' offense is like, it's going to be a good one, but Kyle Pitts should not be going this high. Like, he's going to be a good player, but you're going to be like, oh man, I really wish I had this guy and then waited on another round for Kyle Pitts. Because at the end of the day, he can be a good player, but Hawkinson, who's going later, will be better. And Kyle Pitts has. Way too much risk to be going this high in the fifth round with better players going later. Yeah, that's just the main thing. Just the risk of a rookie tight end. That's yeah. That's really the main thing. You're going like, oh yeah, no, Hawk, uh, Kyle Pitts is guaranteed to be good. No, he's not. There's not Kyle Pitts. I think he's gonna have a great career, yeah. but rookie season doesn't really this you know, year. That. There's a lot of question marks going on, and I do not want to take that risk in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. But we move on now to our next player, and it will be another quarterback on the list being Aaron Rodgers going at 65.3, which 
65.3. Not a bad, bad place to that's be. That's fifth round. It's not bad. No, six, that's not at sixth round. Oh, six, yeah. Sixth round, yeah. I, I, did, I did the 12 Who times knows? five to 60, but it was, yeah. it was over 60. So that would mean he's sixth round, which <laughs> don't like that. I'll say it. I think I was always thinking the tier of quarterbacks between Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson should all be seventh round. That's where I look for all of those guys at the earliest. And Aaron Rodgers has the least upside out of any of those three. So the yeah. fact that he's going in the sixth round ahead of where I would even be willing to take him, not a good sign. And he's going ahead of Herbert by one pick and Russell Wilson by a few more picks. So he's the highest out of the three, but he has the least of potential. And for the most part, all three of them have a solid floor to begin with. Obviously, you have the joke of Russell Wilson only performs the first eight weeks, but like Aaron Rodgers is going to be facing regression. And unlike Wilson and Herbert, he has no mobility. So at the end of the day, he's not going to be like a player who like, if he's he's not going to be getting the big points and going to be a high quarterback. Yeah, he's not going to be able to produce fantasy wise if yeah. he's not producing stat wise in the NFL. Like Aaron Rodgers, MVP last year, still wasn't a top five fantasy quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you're taking him in the sixth round, knowing he's going to be worse, even if it's only slightly, he's going to be worse. He's not going to be a top five quarterback, and you're still drafting him to be like a top five quarterback, taking him in the sixth round. Like you're setting yourself up for failure by taking him this early. I just disagree with it for regression alone, lack of ceiling, and the fact that I think Herbert and Wilson are better picks. In this I think Herbert's area. easily the better pick. Wilson, I, like I, I would say Wilson too. I would agree. Fantasy-wise, Wilson's the better QB. I do like Herbert the most out of those three, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's obvious. I, I like Herbert the best too. But, I mean, even even Wilson, Wilson has the mobility, which just allows him to produce fantasy-wise. Even if he's not having the best like statistical season with like passing guards, the rushing guards are key for like a top-tier like uh, fantasy QB. And I think that's what put Wilson above Rodgers in my eyes currently. And yeah, regression. I mean, you can't expect MVP numbers again. Yeah, that's, he's not going to happen. That's it. You just can't expect it. It's not even... He's going to get slightly worse with age, but just the expectations have to be lowered because you can't produce two back-to-back MVP seasons. That's just... The body's not built like that. Yeah. But now we move on to a player who's a pick right after at 66.7 being Odell Beckham, which... <laughs> Another torn ACL candidate. Yeah, how you were talking about that earlier today. That is, uh, once again, as Patrick said, torn ACL. He's going to be regressing. And with regression from an already bad past few He wasn't seasons. good last season. He I wasn't. had him on my team. He was not good pre-ACL tear. No, he just had the the occasional long balls. No, he had one game. There, he had <laughs> one, one game. game. Was there really only one he game? He only had one game that he scored above projection. Every other wow. game, at least in our league, he was single digits. And he was projected, like, in the 20s, and he was getting, like, 7 or 8. He was getting, like, single digits or, like, the low 10s. Like, he, he was under projections, I'm pretty sure, every game I had him before injury. I just Besides ass- one. I assumed he did all right because, no, again, it's just no, the name value. He was, yeah, but it's like, he was he really... below projections every week. Had one week that he was three times in our league 70 instead of 20 or whatever. He that did, was yeah, the three-touchdown game against yeah, the Cowboys. that was it. That was the one. It was a one. I, I don't know if I'll call it a fluke, but there was one game they did really well, and all the other games he was bad. Yeah. And then he tore his ACL. So he did bad pre ACL tear, is what I'm saying here. 
post ACL tear, he's not getting much better. And is he's he still Adrian going Peterson? In the sixth round. Is he going to have an MVP season at Odell as a wide receiver? <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Odell, sixth round wide receiver. For some teams, that would be a wide receiver two. Other teams, it's a wide receiver three. If you're taking him as a wide receiver three, it's kind of understandable. Yeah, but at the bad. same time, it's still just like there are better players with upside. Odell has very limited upside. Like we've already seen Baker Mayfield and Odell don't have the best connection. Like they don't have the same play style. And at the end of the day, Odell struggles to produce with the Browns offense right now. I'm not saying he's going to be traded or should be traded like, like you know, the same exact joke every offseason for Odell. That's gone on for the past five years. But he continues to struggle year in and year out. And at the end of the day, I feel like Odell is starting to be a worse option than Jarvis Landry for fantasy. And he's still being taken above Landry, which if you're taken above your teammate, but your teammate's better than you, you're yeah, a reach. That's, that's the direct, like, that's a direct comparison. Like yeah. other fantasy players, you can't compare because they're not in the same field. These guys are in the same field at the same time. Every single game that they play together. Landry did better than yeah. him, and Beckham's still being taken before. So that alone makes him a reach. When your teammate's better than you and you're being taken first, mm-hmm. I would take his teammate later on. Better player, later pick. That's the name better value. value. Must be, could be Jarvis Landry might still suffer from the Miami mm. Dolphins effect. <laughs> Just being no one ever wants Miami to be Dolphins. on the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's I mean that's easily we we went over that one. Coming off injury, you can't your expectations have to be low. I don't know if you're drafting them this high, what are your expectations? It I mean it, they gotta be player. better than what he performed last year and you're he wasn't good him, last year, you know? You're taking him to be a flex and rotational player and maybe even a wide receiver too if you're drafting mm-hmm. an interest in that type of way. Yeah. So like too early for Odell. And now we have another pick, which probably one of the worst ones possible. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Alrighty. All the way. I I I think. Yeah. I, I know. I know where this is from. At seventy six point two, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. First time we're actually going to talk about a defense, I believe. Seventy six point two. So I I was telling Jason earlier, this must be from the kids that fill out their their starting lineup first in the mock oh, yeah. draft. And they're like, oh, Bucks won the championship. Let's draft them. So it's got to be. Is this the first defense off the board? Yep. I agree. It, it has to be like the Super Bowl effect, yeah. 100%. No, it's not even. I think it's they just. That's the best defense is, for sure. This is like, just the high. people that fill Way out their high. starting lineup first. Yeah. This has got to be it. <laughs> like defense first, then the yeah. QB. I mean, yeah, that's no, gotta that's be exactly it. it. <laughs> like, there's no other reason to draft them above even players we got later on in this list. They're going in the seventh round. Yeah, they're literally being taken because yeah, we yeah, got our quarterback, our running back. <laughs> so they're picking receivers. it before the kicker. Tight end, yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, seventh round pick, let me get the defense. They're literally going then down the roster. Eighth Kicker's round, to get the kicker, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it doesn't make sense to take them ever a defense before. Even round 10 is a stretch, but like, you got to take defense kickers double digits earliest. Yeah, no chance. I'm still QB hunting by round ten. I'm gonna be honest. So yeah, yeah. That's just. I mean, that's just stupidity. We don't even gotta talk about that one. That's not even like. Yeah, I, no. I think that's a very agreeable take that this is just simply yeah, just, must be kids. Just don't do it. Don't, do it. <laughs> don't fill out your roster. Don't fill out your starting lineup first. Don't yeah. go in order. Oh wait, unless you're going for the maximum draft grade. If you're trying to get that A plus draft grade, get mm. your best starting lineup first. 
But if you know you actually want to win something the season, maybe uh, right. maybe I, I always just get like D's and F's. On the I always get the one of the top draft grades, but it's always usually just because I got a good keeper who always underperforms. <laughs> But I always have in a the, look, in yeah. the in like the in like like Yahoo's eyes, I got like a steal in the fifth mm-hmm. round yeah. every year. But it's really just a keeper. Yeah. So I always have a low draft grade because I don't actually get a full starting lineup. <laughs> no, because <laughs> you just draft eighty thousand running backs. I don't draft any defensive players or kickers. So yeah, I have one of the worst draft grades every year. But it doesn't right. matter. It, it works. I don't need a I don't need a kicker or a defensive player. They're That's why this trades. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can trade. But uh, trades. We do have the Bucks defense as the only defense on here, even though this entire list could just be defenses. Really. Yeah, I think these this is got this is heavily inflated by yeah. people who fill out their starting lineups. I don't think they're there's not a I, I hope mean, people I don't think there's a like a mass amount of people just overvaluing the Bucks defense yeah, no. versus all these. I other mean players. you only need one person in every mock draft to do it for the Bucks to it's be really all it. the way. Yeah, you gotta have one out of the twelve or whatever in the in the mock draft just then to all of a sudden they're gone in up. the eighth round every single time. It's just like, Oh, well, there go the Bucks defense again. <laughs> so someone always made, manages to make the mistake, don't let it be you. It's yeah. not really that simple. And uh, another player for the Buccaneers going right after at 77.8 is Tom Brady, which Tom Brady is in a similar boat as Aaron Rodgers where he has no mobility. So all of his fantasy wow, points... What a controversial take. Yeah, all of wow. his fantasy points come from stats. And if he's not putting up stats, he's not going to have a good year. I mean, Brady and fantasy have always had a less than identical relationship. Yeah, I don't think he's ever really been like that great consistently yeah. in fantasy like years. but yeah, he's, no. he's never been you bad never though. had consistent he's, he's always solid. he's, he's, he's consistent solid. but he's never consistently at the top yeah no. he's never he's never been like the best fantasy qb i don't know if there's ever been a season that he's been the best fantasy qb i mean tom brady consistently will be i'm putting him around top 10 for i was he's a he's a consistent every person every one person in the league's got to have him as a starter he's a starter that's, that's a late pick but he's late and the 8th round too early for me. Easy. That, yeah, that's way it's, too that's, that's early. Like, I did a fantasy draft recently, and I got Javante Williams in the eighth round, a rookie running back who could take over for the Denver Broncos backfield. You're telling me... that Tom Brady, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I pre- I'm pretty sure Tom Brady was drafted fourth or fifth, I believe, in our draft fourth last round. year. Yeah, fourth round, fifth round. That was Cam Newton. Cam oh. Newton Cam Newton was taken in the fourth for some reason. Yes. Tom Brady was a keeper. Like in the ninth, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was eighth and ninth round. So Tom Brady was a late pick, even though it was technically a keeper. But yeah, no. Yeah, Cam Newton in the fourth round. <laughs> Beginning of the fourth round. There we go. Mm, you're the commissioner. You invite the people to the league. <laughs> <laughs> Owen does make the decisions on who gets to draft uh, Cam Newton in the fourth round. So and, Yeah, no, you're the commissioner. You, you invited everyone. But yeah, Tom Brady's fantasy points solely off passing yards. I mean, yeah. their passing attack is nice. Don't it get is. me wrong. Hundred percent. But he's, no upside. He doesn't have the fantasy upside that you know. I think that's really the main thing we talk about QBs. The uh, rushing ability is the m- main part of fantasy upside, because rushing ability keeps them afloat. If they're having a bad passing game, but they still get decent rush yards, it keeps them fantasy relevant. And I think that's really like the the safety net. And you also have games where you could throw for three hundred yards and also run for a hundred. Mm-hmm. As a quarterback, whereas yeah. Brady, he's throwing for 350 yards, but like that's worse than 300, 100. That's way. Those worse. 100 rushing yards are worth way more yeah. than 100 passing yards. 100 rushing yards is 
more or less for most leagues equivalent to 300 passing yards. Yeah. So you're basically getting double points than what Tom Brady gets just because you ran the ball. Yeah. And so, I think that's that's just one limiting factor, which I feel like everyone knows that Tom Brady's not a yeah. rusher. So he does have a better three cone drill than DK Metcalf, though. He, oh my God! You bring that up every single time. Not wrong though. <laughs> it's it's a true all, statement. All DK Metcalf knows how to do is run straight. An Olympic qualifying athlete. Oh, and oh, did not qualify. Did you just? Not, oh, no, DK Metcalf. Qualify. All DK Metcalf knows how to do is run straight. Quote yeah. that on Owen. Top Wait. ten wide receiver can only <laughs> run straight. Yeah, I'm sure. Wait, he's like the guy. He's like uh, Tony from uh, from Florida that the Giants drafted that Jason was mad at because all he could do was run in a straight line. <laughs> but but the thing is, DK Metcalf's amazing at doing it. <laughs> just, yeah, but he's not a top ten wide receiver if that's all he can do. Where's the versatility? You know, it's DK. What do you want? <laughs> Also, Tony can he's a he can run various directions. He just is horrible at route running. I don't uh-huh. I don't get it. But yeah, no, um, we'll move on to our next player, being once again another Buccaneer in oh, Leonard the Buccaneers Fournette. Are killing it. Yeah, come these eight nine rounds. Leonard Fournette, who's currently being taken at eighty six point nine, and the biggest problem with Fournette is he's on the Buccaneers running back by committee with Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard, but he's being the first running back taken. That's a problem because running back by committee, they're all equal. So if he's being taken first, that means the other two have the value and he's the reach. Yeah, so, that is true. One that, name value. That's that the easy simple. pick. I mean, I agree. Fournette, best running back in that group. But it doesn't matter when you get yeah, no. you know, t- half a third of the carries. It does not matter when you are only getting like 12 carries a game. Mm-hmm. And if you can't win over, I know there are games where they just go with a hot hand. Whoever's having the best day takes over. Not a reliable strategy for fantasy, though, because you can't predict who's going to do that. Fournette, unless barring injuries of the other two running backs, will be the worst of the three in terms of value. But he still will have a good... He's going to be a solid player week to week. But he's just... The Buccaneers, the running backs are too inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to be getting. Bernard realistically will get all of the receiving workload... And then you have Fournette and Ronald Jones competing for third down carries, short yardage, goal line, all that. It's just going to be really a close competition. And I don't see a big gap between Fournette and the other two. So why would I take Fournette when the other two I could get later for yeah. more or less He's the same He's being currently overrated, which just makes the other running backs in the committee more value picks. Yeah. But we move on once again now to our one of my players i'm upset he's on this list but i had to do it being oh james robinson i would agree this is a sad day at number 90.3 and james robinson is unfortunately going to be considered a reach for the biggest reason i saw to put him on this list was the player being taken right after him being raheem mostert who is a full-time starter competing with Trey Sermon right now for his carries and for that backfield in the 49ers, while James Robinson is going to be a starter until Travis Etienne takes over full-time, and then he will disappear into the sunset most likely, as you don't draft a running back first round just to have him be in a committee. So, no, 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 no. it's just to uh, learn, like retro mm, year. Of course. That'll happen. But yeah, no, James Robinson currently going at 90.3, tad bit too high for a running back who 
his value is only going to be early on in the season, and with each week will most likely just decrease, which usually you want the opposite to happen, where they get more valuable yeah, just as the playoffs. Uh, the fantasy football playoffs aren't at the beginning of the season, that just in case true. anyone forgot. Fantasy yeah. football playoff games and the championship game aren't at the beginning of the season, in case you are wondering. You do want to focus on players who, you know, get better as the season goes on. And Robinson is not in that position. Robinson could be a candidate for the the pump and dump. Mm. He has yeah. good, he's good numbers at the beginning. You got to trade him off before ETN. You see, you see ETN, you know, going good in practice. He's starting to get some, some reps, trade him off, send him to some guy, other guy in the league, you know, you know, I do think we've gone back and forth on Robinson a bit recently. That's uh that is true, but it's really simple that I think he's just, when I saw Raheem Mostert right below him at 92.7, I was like, oh, why would I take Robinson when Mostert's there? And then I look as the list continues, I just see more and more players who have actual upside and who can yeah, actually More and more perform. players that have an easier path to being a full-time starter. Like, I'm looking at this list right now. Again, T. Higgins is down there, too. I'd rather have T. Higgins. I've already said that a billion times. <laughs> it's just like, I don't understand how you can take a player especially later in the draft, who has no upside. Like, that's the it's not. sole reason of drafting late in, yeah. is for the dra- uh, for the upside. Like, Robinson realistically has two months at best of actual value, and that would be a major holdout between him and DTM. Most likely won't happen. He's going to eventually fall off, and you just really don't want to be taking a player who you know, has his gap, has his ceiling before any actual important games come up. So that is why he unfortunately is now a reach for this episode. And we move on to a player close behind, all the way down at 97.2. It's got to be another lineup filler. Yeah, we got the lineup filler in Harrison Bucker, the first kicker off the board, 97.2. Bad pick. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Kicker, round 14, if you really want to reach. So is that, is that beginning of ninth round? Am I doing my math correctly this time? 97.2, I think, is the oh, middle ninth, of the ninth. Middle of ninth. It is, uh, yeah, yeah. It is in the ninth round, so Bucker. So they took a little break. They did. They they uh, they, they went waited. down to the defense, took Buck's defense, and they're like, oh, let me get it. They probably got a backup QB, knowing them. And then they're like, oh, let me get my kicker. They forgot about the kicker. They must have overlooked the kicker. Yeah. Like, oh, my starting lineup's not full. Let me get the best kicker in the league, fantasy-wise. It's just, I don't understand why anyone thinks that's the strategy to go. It's like, That's, oh, like, wow. insane. Yeah. Like, that's, you don't even got, like, you got to get your flex running backs. Like, you got to get your flex play. You got to get your running backs, get some deaf receivers and Yeah, you want, at most, ends. you have either three running backs or three receivers, but you, gotta you don't get have more three depth. of both. Yeah, you got to get more depth. You only got one of them. Yeah. And, uh, this is not round nine. You could be QB hunting. You could. This could. But this you could kick, be you're taking a kicker. Quarterback comes in. You're taking a kicker instead of a QB. Well, I mean, well, they, they already they have probably, a QB. Yeah, they but do. relative to everyone else, everyone else is drafting QBs and you're yeah. a kicker. And uh, something's wrong again, about that. Honorable mention T. Higgins right after him. <laughs> T. T. Higgins still available in case anyone T. Higgins, was wondering. Still a steal. Just in case you thought risen. T. Higgins were off the board, nope. He is getting drafted later than Harrison Bucker right now. Yeah. That is disrespect. It is. It's that simple. I don't understand how you could think 
yeah, you know, two wide receivers right now in the ninth round. I'm good to take a kicker. Well, you only got to start two. That's their mindset. Mm. Yeah, the bye weeks, they mean nothing. It doesn't It doesn't uh, affect them. You can just pick up a free agent. Those always work. Yeah, the, you'll win those games. You'll win those games. <laughs> I'm sure. But, yeah, no. Harrison Bucker, kickers this early. Bad idea. Don't do it. Uh, move on now. Deshaun Watson, 109.7, our next reach. Bad pick for Deshaun Watson because he's not going to play. Yeah. Deshaun Watson won't play this season. Tough wasting a pick on someone that's not going to touch the field. Even if he does end up clearing all his cases, however that goes, and he's completely good. He still doesn't want to play in Houston. Yeah. There's not so many mention, things going on. There have been players who have been suspended for one case, and he has well over 20 cases. No, so, do players still get suspended even if they their case was proven like not guilty? Uh, most of the time, they get their case... They're suspended like four games. Uh-huh. Then the suspension happens while they're oh, so before the verdict comes out. So most of the time, oh, yes. so yeah, he's gonna get suspended. So anytime now, Deshaun Watson most likely having players get one case suspended four games. He has well over twenty cases. That's gotta be a season. That's gotta least, be right? most likely going. They're to not suspending him a full eighty games, I would assume. But it's, it's probably be going to be a. He's gone for the season. That would make sense. And even if he's gone for a few games, then he's still not going to play for Houston. So, like, mm-hmm. if he's gone past the trade deadline, he's not going to play for Houston. He didn't get traded. He's just going to sit out. Yeah. So he's not going to play this season at all. And you're I drafting him. The only thought process is it's very, very dark in the, in the context. But if you want a keeper, he could be a keeper pick. You could get him later, though. Like, yeah. You don't, you don't take him. In this early on, you take him in the last round of your draft. Yeah, I, I doubt anyone else is really looking this way. If it's they, like if it comes out that he's not playing yeah. this season, all you all you're looking for here is a keeper. If your league's not a keeper league, don't draft him. It doesn't make sense to draft Deshaun Watson like at all. Really, he shouldn't be drafted unless like, it's for keeper purposes. That's playing it. football, he's had the fantasy ability to be top three, but he's not going to play this year, so yeah. you're not getting any value here. Next player, though. Oh, We're okay. back with the Raiders. Oh, okay. And it's our jo- friend of Josh Jacobs named Kenyon Drake at 123.7. Yeah, my favorite running back of all time. That's Kenyon Drake. Mm. He's my I guy. Do under- I remember you yeah. had him last year. Yeah, he came through for you in all those big he, games. He did really. He performed. When when the when the time mm-hmm. the time got tough, he really he performed. You gave him the chance to, you know, say he would be the winner of your fantasy. He did. He did. He tweet had that, that out. chance. I believe he tweeted yeah. out to me in the season. A picture of his face and smiling, and he's like, "This is the face when I win you your fantasy league." And you I him trusted him. And you brought him all the way to the championship. He did I nothing did bring all year. Him to the championship. He did nothing all year. I still started. Actually, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I probably started him in the championship. And, uh, and uh, I was waiting. He I, didn't pull through for you. He uh, no, he he pulled through in his own special way. Ah, okay. but he pulled through for the other team. If that makes any Got more sense. It. He pulled so. two. He pulled through for the team that uh, wasn't me. Okay. He actually pulled through for the team I was playing against yes. by being trash, and he pulled through and let the other team get an easy victory. And now, now that he's done that, he's now gone to a team oh, where he won't be getting he's all not the number one. He's not number one. So he one. was bad when he was number one. And now and he his only competition less. was Chase Edmonds. Now he's going to be number two or a committee or whatever. But he's obviously not the number one, and Josh Jacobs is there. So he's getting less carries mm-hmm. after already being bad. And he still sucks. 
Seems just... like a good pick to get in the 10th round. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. All right. Makes sense to me. I agree with everyone taking him in the 10th and 123.7. That obviously makes sense because yeah. he came in so clutch for me with my championship yeah. game last year. Bad running back getting less attempts. That's what you want. That's that's what we call upside here. That's yeah. what we call potential. Right. Kenyon Drake. There you go. That's the analysis on him. <laughs> Pretty simple there. All right. Uh, moving on then. I'm glad we took that one easily. Just uh, Yeah. Just had to clear the air on that one. Uh. We have four players left on a shorter episode. We have down at 130.5, Devontae Parker. Mr. Parker. Which, I mean, getting this late, you're starting to think, could you really consider them reaches? And uh, I'm saying yes, because Devontae <laughs> Parker's on the Dolphins and is not good and is the going to be replaced effect. by Jason Jamar is, Jason is going uh, along not, with the Dolphins uh, model. Yeah, but um, Yeah, their wide receiver room yeah. is packed. Or yeah. just, re- just receiving receivers because yeah. you got to put Gasicki in there. Even Miles Gaskin yeah, receiving even Miles Gaskin. You have four players that are most likely going to be targets before him by season's end. So you're getting the fifth player on the depth chart for receptions, basically. Although to be fair, he has he has embraced the Dolphins effect because mm-hmm. I feel like he's one of the first names that comes to mind when you think of Miami Dolphins. You know, yeah. I think Fitzpatrick well, and I think Devontae Parker. To be honest, I like how Fitzpatrick was on the team for two years, but he's still so he's still literally like like was that similar for you? When I think of uh, Dolphins, he actually just pops up in my head. It's Parker, mm. him, maybe Landry. You know, but like I feel like Fitzpatrick has just somehow weaved his way to, way into my mind when I think of the Dolphins. I mean, he's he was there for two years and is not there. He's a starting quarterback for another team. I know, and but he's still I, the first I still spot. relate him to the Dolphins. That is interesting, but yeah, no. Uh, Devontae Parker, not in a very good situation. It's packed. It is, yeah. And no. we, we're, we're not exactly the biggest Tua believers here. You're, you're right. We we're, don't. we're not exactly the biggest Tua uh, supporters. At, to be fair, moment. there aren't a lot of receivers to take instead of him. But yeah, at this if you, point, it's getting thin down there. Yeah. But I mean, find someone that has less competition, you know? But like, also, the fact that it's getting so thin and so late in the draft, why draft Devontae Parker? Take an upside. Exactly. Devontae Parker's upside is capped at the fact that Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller are two new players joining the team. Mm-hmm. So he's no longer the number one. End of the season, probably going to end up as the number three. Devontae Parker's career went from... First round pick, three years, didn't work out too well. Contract year, exploded onto the scene. And then last year, went back to being terrible. After he got paid, he went back to being bad. So, like... He got his bag. He did. He, he got, got the bag. He got paid and then he gave up, basically, is what happened. And <laughs> it's not a contract year, so I'm betting against him. He's got four players who I would say are going to be looked at before him. And then... He will get targets, and on a team where we don't already trust the quarterback to begin with. Yeah. A lot of negatives there. Not a player I would be wanting in the 10th round. I'd rather my starting quarterback there. (laughs) Yes, if you can wait in the QB, take him in the 10th round instead of Devontae Parker. Yeah, I know. But um, moving on now to another wide receiver soon after. Not Kadarius Toney, although he is around this range. But I will say... I gave him benefit of the doubt on the upside. Uh-huh. We're going instead with Jalen Rager. Okay. The former first-round pick didn't play a lot last year. 
and forever is, known um, as the man drafted before Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Once again, Eagles making a bad draft pick at wide receiver. Hopefully they don't do that with Smith this year. You never know. Uh, there's always a chance. There's a, there is a chance, but hopefully not for their sake. Mm-hmm. Three years in a row would be quite upsetting. But Jalen Rager at 142.5 is the next player on this list as uh don't like it because, you know, the Eagles in terms of passing, Jalen Hurts, not the best at it. He didn't perform well in the passing game, and he didn't perform well in the actual NFL aspect of the game, which that matters a lot more for Jalen Rager than it does for Hurts. And Rager, now being the number three guy on the depth chart for targets, I mean, after Smith and Godert, most likely, being one and two, now has a quarterback who doesn't throw that well, nor that often, and is the third most targets. Not a lot of positives there for him. I'm not seeing the upside here. Maybe, maybe I'm just I mean, blind. Maybe I'm missing it. He is still a first-round pick, so he's going to get opportunities. They're going to try and make him succeed. But he also got injured last year, mm-hmm. which isn't a good sign. Came back, had a few flashes of good plays. His probably most impressive play was a punt return, though, which that's not always a good thing because that's not fantasy points. That doesn't really so, help you out, no. So that's that not just a, gives him the risk of getting injured with literally no benefit to your fantasy team. Oh yeah, punt returning is one of the most scary things you could probably do. I did like when uh, punt returning used to be part of fantasy. I remember a couple years ago because yeah, I used to always, I, that. I used to always draft Tyler Lockett for. I'm like, pretty sure I made return. that no longer a thing when I draft when I got Tyree Kill. And yes. he got about like ten punt and kick return touchdowns in a season. Yeah, you might you might have ruined that for the whole league. But I, I miss it. But and I then, mean, yeah. it it made it. Otherwise, now like personally, kickoff returning and punt returning that just hurts your whatever your wide receiver that's yeah. back there. That's just injury risk with no gain. Like if you score a touchdown there, it means nothing. The yards you yeah, get no. mean nothing. It's just a big negative at this point, and yeah. uh, that's what Jalen Rager does. So there, there you go. That's another negative. I mean. That's probably where you get hit the hardest and punt returning too as well. So Especially, yeah. When you already have injury concern, you're doing a lot of unnecessary hits and return work and you're not getting fantasy points for that. Also, we've already said, quarterback play, not the best. That's a lot of negatives for Jalen Rager. Not a player I'm taking at 142.5. Mm-hmm. Moving on though, Second to last player we have on this list is Trey Sermon at 146, which I've already mentioned earlier. He is only competing with Raheem Mostert after Jeff Wilson's injury. So Trey Sermon, that gave him a lot of hype, and that was undeserved. I do fully agree Trey Sermon is a great player and going to be a solid pickup, but 146 is too high right now. Simply because uh, people think that now that Wilson's injured, the second Sermon gets the starting role, he will take off and be the full-time number one back in the backfield. But that's not how the 49ers work. The 49ers had their most... The player who had the most carries per game changed every single week. The longest stretch they ever had of one player keeping it was Jeff Wilson keeping it for three weeks in a row. But besides that, they would change all the time. And I don't know if besides that, anyone even had two weeks in a row where they had the most carries. So 
if you want to talk about unreliable, it would be the 49ers backfield. Yeah. Yes, when you get that player, who is the number one, you get a great player, as the 49ers are extremely efficient. And Trey Sermon, third-round pick, highest-picked running back Kyle Shanahan has ever had. Kyle Shanahan, extremely good with running backs. But at the end of the day, he's too inconsistent and unreliable for the 49ers backfield to really take anyone and be like, I want them in my starting lineup every week. Yeah. I like to avoid committees anyways, but especially you mentioned the unpredictability of specifically the 49ers have been recently. That's too much of a risk for me. You're going to be getting, you're going to have him one week go off and then be like, oh man, he did really good last week on my bench. I want him in my starting lineup. And then he gets eight carries. And it's like, oh, well, that was a waste. Because that's just how the 49ers work. You don't know who's getting the ball. So to all of a sudden, the massive hype for Trey Sermon has put him too high. He's still going to be a good player. But unless the hype brings him back down a bit, I'm going to look to avoid him for the most part. Mm -hmm. Now we have... Unfortunately for Patrick, the last player on yeah, this list. I feel like this was an unnecessary throw on the list. What? Do I we, feel like this was just a. There's a reason a for it, but I understand the reasoning. I agree with the reasoning. I just feel like this is an insult to injury here. At one fifty point five, yep. our last player is mm-hmm. AJ Dillon. Unfortunately, yep. AJ Dillon is an ADP reach. Thank you, Jason, for throwing that on there. Really boost my spirits. The only reason to draft him is as a AJ Dillon should not be drafted. He shouldn't. No. I. I. I I have the courage to say that A.J. Dillon should not be drafted in your fantasy league. Brave answer from Patrick right there. Just really, you know, I really had the courage to stand up and say that. But I feel like that's an obvious statement. I mean, he's a very far backup running back. He's he he's not like he really splits it. He, he gets minimal carries each game. He'll be stretching for five carries. Yeah, he does not get he does not touch the ball very often. Let's be honest with ourselves here. And I, I like him just as, like, a player, as a guy. But, I mean, not fantasy relevant. He shouldn't be picked. I'm surprised he's even, I mean, what's that, 13th round? Yeah. That 13th round, he's still got value. I don't know. I don't see why A.J. Dillon's getting picked. People are taking him in the hopes that Aaron Jones goes down. But, like, that's Aaron Jones value. doesn't, he's not really an injury-prone player. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, there's no reason to expect Aaron Jones to get injured this year, realistically. He's getting close to, you know, the limit of, you know, running back lifespan is quite low. So the fact that <laughs> Jason he's... Jason is always very, very harsh on the running back lifespan. It, I mean, it's a true statement. Running backs don't often do good after their contract year. And, I mean, Aaron Jones just got that big contract. So he is coming close to his, you know unfortunate His career, career death, ending. Is that what you're about to say? Yes. But, like, I don't th- see it this year. You know, I still think he's got two, maybe three years before that happens. A.J. Dillon being drafted this year, I don't really agree with it. I'm against it, personally. I would also agree with you. So I don't understand why I he's mean, being put 150.5. He should not be drafted. Yeah, I know. He's simply a handcuffed. It doesn't make sense to take him for... I think, the next two years, personally. Yeah, he doesn't have the potential until something happens to Aaron Jones. All right, but um, that is going to be it for all of our players on this list, and also that will be the end of our episode. You have nothing, nothing else to add? I have nothing else to add. It's okay. Uh, 
Patrick. Roll the jams. Yes. A nice outro. It was, it was a good episode. It was, it was a quick Solid. one. Solid. Yeah. It was a quick one, you know? At 55 minutes. Quick, quicker. Yeah, usually we run them out quite long. Yeah. We got a little short and sweet. Throwing some AJ Dillon, you know, trash at the end. That's okay. It's okay. I, I still respect the guy. Just not this year. Yeah. Give him two years. He's in the future. Two years and then he'll be back. That's okay. Well, everyone, I hope you have a good week. And uh, make sure to share the podcast with your friends. And family. And your family friends. And everyone else. All right. Have a good one.